Hello and welcome to Faking Lights, a book club podcast in which I sit down with some very good friends and we talk about a book that we have read. My name's Chin Si and you know what? It's time for the world to get ready to read some books. That could have been a bit shorter actually, but that's fine. Uh, hello, I'm Alice Ferdin. Um, I've been too busy this week reading books uh, to come up with uh, a good introduction for myself. Hello, uh, my name is Angry James and I'm normally a very angry boy but today I'm hungry for intellectual nourishment. Uh, hello, my name is Haran X and my favourite Moz Def song is this. Uh, because he says books <laughs> several times. <laughs> Is he, is he actually saying funny. books there? Yes. It sounds like he was doing his best impression of a chicken. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Very intellectual <laughs> chicken, I don't know. <laughs> intellectual chickens? Like, as in a, kind that you probably eat, I don't know. Have you ever eaten an intellectual chicken? Oh, I don't, I don't IFC, breed, intellectual I don't breed chickens. chickens. Do you eat them? Uh, I only uh, I breed pigs. So, but do you eat chicken? Uh, I've been known to. Okay. <laughs> I'll eat whatever, whatever you want, darling. Oh! <laughs> Excuse me. What do What do you mean? Well, well, well let's, look, let, let's let's save it for a bit. Like, we, I'll I'm take sure, your number. I'm sure we can uncover the mysteries of Hungry James as we come, as we go through this episode. Um, but yes, um, it's it's a good way to start this episode because we will be dealing with a very steamy book on this hottest of days. Uh, I'm hoping for a lot of hot takes on this hot novel. Uh, I'm talking about Lady Shatterley's Lover by D.H. Lawrence. My god, I just even saying those words gives me a little bit of a semi. Uh, I, I, I make no apologies for the fact that I will be doing this podcast whilst visibly aroused. So I guess good thing it's a podcast. Luckily it's underneath the table. Oh no, no it isn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought I thought I could see nothing. <laughs> I mean, I thought I could see a table. <laughs> that's, no, no, no. That's, that's not a table. Oh dear! <laughs> it's not a table, and also forced perspective. Like uh, I'm using like uh, uh, the Hollywood tricks to make you think that this is a table. When in fact it's actually just my erection that we're all <laughs> balancing my uh, our uh, notes on uh, today. Sorry about that. You have clipped a mic microphone to it. Yeah, that was painful. That was really <laughs> painful, but worth it. Worth it for doing this this podcast. Oh, so that'd be why you asked us to stop tapping the table. <laughs> no, by all means, keep tapping the table. Um, I'm absolutely fine with that. Um, but like, I'm just saying that like you might not like the end result. Um, but let's move into this book, uh, deep into this book. What, what did we th come to this book with preconceptions of? It's probably a better way to refer to it than that. How did we feel about this book? Did we know anything about this book? Were you familiar with the history, the controversial history of Lady Shatterley's lover? I like how you're calling it Shatterley's. Like, it makes me think of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so drunk. 
It's all right. It's all right. No, no interestingly, there's no actual shit in the book. <laughs> no, unlike um, um, previous books that we've done, which um, dealt heavily with um, scatological uh, sexual uh, activities, this did not have any um, scat play uh, in it whatsoever. In many ways, this book uh, seems quite tame in comparison to this new wave of uh, erotic literature that we have undergone in the past ten years. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was actually disappointed at the lack of DVDA scenes in this. Oh, sorry, for the layman out there, maybe like um, explain what DVDA is. Yeah, it's when you take a digital video disc and shove it up your ass. What? DVD okay. anus. Is that what the kids are doing now? That's what, they, that's what they're doing, yeah. Bloody yeah. Yeah, I mean, Blu-ray is called that. Dirty Mormons. How did this... Um, I'm not familiar with this particular sexual practice. I don't know how this started up. What did people do before the invention of um, digital versatile discs? Well, back in my day, we used to use those laser discs. Wow, that Much was... Bigger. Our arseholes were very stretchy. <laughs> back in the 60s. Of course, when I was growing up, this book was banned. Back in the 60s, like when they had laser discs. Yeah. <laughs> the laser discs of the 60s. We got I, them early in my neighbourhood. I, off the back of a van. And that's it. That, like, that's all anybody ever did with them was shove them up their own asses. Well, we didn't have any fucking players, did we? So what do you expect us to do? <laughs> I didn't think about it that way, actually. It, somebody, yeah. I, so they just invented the laser disc primarily as a sex aid, I, I guess, back then. Happened to have a couple of films on it. Yeah, Orgasmo, was that a film? Orgasmo, Deep Throat. Orgasmo? Uh, Lady Tatley's lover. <laughs> Both, uh, one about the Watergate earrings and the porn <laughs> one. The Watergate earrings. <laughs> yeah, I, I love those uh, Watergate earrings. Like, just, they look so, like, tasteful, tastefully done. Uh, I, I brought down Richard Nixon, though, unfortunately. Um, but and when they found out that the geezer was cross-dressing, what you mean, J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I'm sure he was into his, he had an extensive DVD collection, if I remember correctly. Uh, he had everything there. Um, he had the uh, four disc collection of um, the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, God, you don't know. Four it, discs? Yeah, you've, you haven't really experienced the Lord of the Rings trilogy unless you've had the uh, director's cut shoved up your ass. <laughs> I see only way to take it, quite frankly. He's the, he's the Lord of the Ring. <laughs> I thought Jacob Hoover's more known for his fellatio and um, sucking. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, no, that's that's why he was called Hoover, not because that was his birth name. His no. mum just said, well, this baby looks like a cocksucker. Nominative determinism. That's why Hungry's called Hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, was that, is that your given name, Hungry? No, it's an ironic nickname. Oh, oh, okay. Because oh, I, I was, was... going to say that you are incredibly emaciated, Hungry. Oh, I'm a very hungry boy. <laughs> so they call me it because I like to eat food. Right. So you said it was ironic. Well, it's like my friend Big Mike called it because he's so big. That's not what, how irony <laughs> works, my friend. I'm sorry. Um, like if they call you called you satiated James, maybe <laughs> like that would have been an ironic nickname, but you are hungry, James, because you're hungry. That's not irony. That's not irony. Oh, I think I find it is. Okay, no. well, I, I disagree. <laughs> I, irony is when you have a free ride that you've already paid. Exactly. It's a good advice that you just didn't take. But again, oh, these, I remember those. these are not examples of irony. <laughs> these are all. It's like, no. It's, it's contradiction, it's not irony. No, it's like rain on a wedding day. Exactly. No, that's just an inconvenience. That's not irony. Oh, you're talking about the song by my good friend, good singer, Alice. 
You're friends with Alanis Morissette. Yeah, good singer Alanis, we call that's her ironic name. <laughs> Is that ironic because she's a good singer or she's because she's a bad singer? Oh, she's a great singer. Okay, so that's not an ironic nickname. <laughs> Again, I have to I can't stress this enough. That's not how irony works. Look, we'll get into well, don't, it. Don't make me bring my friend Violent James. <laughs> my brother. Violent James. <laughs> Wait, you're both called James? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, James is your first surname. name, it's not your surname. surname. I thought. I, I, I can't let you know because the Rosens will be on one day. <laughs> I have to say, if, why. This is a strange place to go if, you, if the police are after you and yet you are operating a pretty easily decipherable pseudonym on a podcast. I mean, it's not many. There can't be many people who from, don't from know what, who you are. From what I've heard, so few people listen to this podcast. <laughs> It is effectively a safe house. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh but fair. That's harsh but fair. What do you think, listeners at home? Why don't you write to us at fakingthepodcast.gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, really, honestly. Um, but let's get back to the book, shall we? Um, Lady Chatterley's Lover, obviously a con- controversial book. Now, I want to get this out of the way right now. Is this a pornographic work? I'll let that sit in the uh, in the air for a while. This is a big um, question. It's a it's an important question. No. Okay. Interesting. Alice, why do you think it's not pornographic work? Because in porn, it's all about the banging, whereas this is about how when you bang, it can make you feel closer to somebody. I see. That's interesting. Because that means that your idea of what pornography is means that it doesn't allow for uh, human contact, almost. Or rather, like, um, intimacy. Yeah, exactly. It's just about the dicking. Okay, alright. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one way to look at it, but, like, I came, I came to this in, in a different way. I assert that Lady Chatterley's Lover is pornography, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with pornography. Mm. What does everybody? Do? I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if I'm. There's, just... there's nothing wrong with pornography, but I'm just saying this book isn't pornography. Because it's it's too intimate. Because it's it's about a, a loving relationship. Is it? Is it though? Is, yes. is it loving? Is it loving? Yes. I, I got the distinct impression that Lady Chatterley was um, literally just in it for the sensualness of, of it all. No. I don't feel like um there was any... love. It would have been called Lady Chatterley's bit on the side, wouldn't it? If it was. Yeah, but I think that's just a, a, a romantic and yeah, exactly way. romantic. But like, not necessarily the truth. Though it might, in fact, I would go to so far as to say that um, the title is ironic. Yeah, ironic I, title. Yeah. <laughs> like Violent James, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what like uh, exactly. Well, well, no, not like Violent James. Not like Violent James, who I assume is really violent. Oh, he's very violent. Yeah, he's incredibly violent. <laughs> so no, this is why not that ironic. Because he's not a lady. Because he's not. He's actually a man. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. She is a lady, but yeah. like, uh, Mellers is not a lover. He's he's he he is literally there to fulfil a need in um, Lady Chatterley's life, which is to give her and open up her, uh, her mind to the possibilities of what sex legs. actually and is. Her legs. Yeah. But he always says, he says it multiple times through the book, he says, I'm a lover, not a fighter, babe. Mm. He's always saying that. Well, well okay, okay, that's, that's yeah. true. I'm a lover, I'm, not, I'm a lover, not a fighter, which is um, a quote, I believe, uh, from Lady Chatterley's lover. Uh, always saying it. Yes, all the time, all the time. But I'm Lady Chatterley's lover, well, not Lady Chatterley's fighter, he says. Lady Chatterley's Fighter would have been a really good book though. I, mean, I, I don't know if D.H. Lawrence ever was inspired to write that book, um, quite frankly. It would have been 
I, I picture it as almost like Lady Shatterley, she has to fight Apollo Creed to prove herself. <laughs> and, um, and she has to go through loads of montages to get there. That would have been a great book, but sadly, not to be. Um, I want to I want to focus more on this idea of like um the the lover aspect um in, in the book itself, D. H. Lawrence seems to be positing this idea that a a relationship uh, between a man and a woman um, can't can't be said to be uh, a true relationship and it can't be said to have any meaning or love if it's purely through uh, uh, one of the mind that the physical aspect of the relationship is more important than the mental aspect. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what everybody else feels about this, but that seems a little bit... It, it opens itself to accusations of being a little bit shallow, don't you think? Yeah, I, I would have to disagree. Um, I mean, my wife is actually... Um, she's a robot. I, I need to come clean with this. She's a robot. And I don't think that you can call her your wife if she's a robot. Yeah, can you marry robots these days? Yeah. Well, if you can marry, if two men can marry, then what's the Whoa, 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 What's wrong with marrying a, a robot? Whoa, 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 come on. Because like, men, a, a robot is not a man. He's a mechanical man. Yeah, or a, a mechanical woman. Yeah. What are you? You're just flesh and exactly. metal. Metal? Yeah. If you've got, yeah, if you, if you have, my granny hasn't, she's dead, but she had a, she had a titanium hip. Mm -hmm. That does not make her a robot. Alright, she had two titanium heads. It's still, it would, she would have to be 87% metal to be counted as a robot. So my wife is 87.1% metal. And but the point so I was trying to, the point I was trying to, I got the figures wrong there, I meant to go the other way. Mm, it's to imply that you were inserting something into her. <laughs> Like, I messed it right. Uh, <laughs> the point is, right, she started off as a fleshlight with no conversational skills. Right, right, right. I was not attracted to her, but when I upgraded her software and she was able to say, Hello, can you upgrade what is your name? And then I became more sexually attracted to her. Why does she sound like that? And also, I wasn't aware that fleshlights came with, like, software. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was just heating software. Like you need an is, there a, is there a woman surrounding the fleshlight, or is it just a little fleshlight that can talk? <laughs> it, depends, it depends what you're into. If you're into no, what is your wife? What is your wife? She's a fleshlight. Okay. <laughs> she's a fleshlight, but she's extremely advanced. Don't judge her on her form. Okay. You are really stretching the above <laughs> what can be considered a robot and what can be considered a marriage. Like <laughs> what I'm confused about is where does the fleshlight talk from? <laughs> it's got the orifice. Right, obviously, I can't talk when I'm having sex with her, but. Afterwards, okay, fair enough. She can't multitask like. Does that mean women, that you right? you only ever have oral sex with your wife? You actually haven't consummated the marriage because does oral sex not count as consummation? No. Where have oh, got really? Does that all like? <laughs> I guess it's got to be. If you can queef through your vagina and but in a way that can talk. You know how they say the word sex in the title. Guess, I guess so. Yeah, there you go. You know, I'm a strong advocate. Unless it's ironic. Unless it's ironic. Unless so, oral sex is ironic. So, Harren, Harren, does your wife talk out of her ass? <laughs> she doesn't have an ass, so yeah, no. hasn't got that attachment. Front bum. Does she talk out of her front bum? Yeah, but we just—it's not called a front bum. So, Harren, if, <laughs> if you wanted to, you know, do anal, would that mean you'd have to get a new wife? Essentially, yes. Okay. Or I can just—I can change the mouth on my wife. 
Are you monogamous? Are you uh, monogamous? Of course, you I'm, I'm in cheating my, my you're wife. Not, you're not polyamorous? No, just, just fleshalinas. Really, really? I mean, I, 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 I admire that in this, like, um, not, this is a modern day and age that you, uh, you respect your marriage vows. Like, yeah. so. Hang on. If your wife becomes dissatisfied with the relationship, yeah. can she institute divorce proceedings against you? Yes, she can. She just needs to, to contact Apple headquarters. And will she get half your savings? Pardon? Will she get half your savings? Um, I think so, yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we have kids as well, so I think... What? She <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. You have kids. How? You didn't adopt. Huh? No, of course I didn't. No. You don't believe no, in adoption? Sure. No, I'm very virile. Okay, well, well, that's not the point I was making. Well, yeah, okay. So what do your kids look like? Are they like uh, half flesh, like half heron? Yeah, I mean, they're... they're they're bold and um, they have holes. <laughs> How old are these kids? <laughs> about three years old. That's yeah. disgusting. Wait they're, wait, they're about three years old. How many do you have? Uh, well, three. Yeah. You've got three kids, so she yeah. had triplets. No, you, you can you can conceive multiple times. That's, I don't know if you have siblings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you said all the kids were three years old. And the, 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 the gestation period of a, of a fleshlight is much smaller. It's just less than, it's not my month. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've, um, I, I mean, just the idea of like, uh, your wife becoming pregnant and then giving birth to like, fleshlights that looked <clears throat> like you, uh, is kind of disturbing. We're kind of entering some weird David Cronenberg kind of like world. Well, I mean, one of my kids, she looks like a dildo, but that might be because the packaging company wanted to save on packaging costs. So inserted a dildo. Uh, hang, on, hang on, what has happened here is you've ordered more flesh <laughs> <laughs> and you have claimed that these are your children. I would not go to Amazon and then, then pay tax. Um, in many ways, like what you said before about what? not adopting kids, you did. You basically what? adopted more fleshlights, that's what you've done. Why do you have to claim they're your children? Sorry, but do you put your penis inside these new fleshlights? Because yeah. if you do, that is disgusting. Haran, when you said that you were a father, were you in fact being ironic? Um, no, but that's a good segue back to the... the okay. So if he wasn't being ironic, then he, he was. He was, he was being ironic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was being ironic by not being ironic. Exactly. Right. That's the so ultimate irony. irony. Yeah, I get it now. I get what so you're coming from. So ironic. I'm getting... I'm, I, I understand now. Um, Let's get back to Lady Chatterley's lover now. Yes, um, right. we, 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 I don't feel like we've actually nailed down whether this book is pornography or not, though. Uh, no, it's not. It's not pornography. I think it's got no pictures. Yeah. I don't think it necessarily has to have uh, pictures to be pornographic, quite frankly. Well, there's, there's a bit where Mella fixes her washing machine. Mellas. David Mella. Is that, is that <laughs> no. Are they related? They, no, 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 no. Oh, God, oh, thank God for that. No, no, that would have been. Image. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, uh, um, David Mella is not related to Oliver Mellas because, one, the surnames are different, yeah. and two, um, Oliver Mellas is a fictional character, so okay, yeah, right. that's, that's. But there's why a character called happen. Tiger, and that is a porn star kind of name. Yes, that's very true, actually. So um, I think it was very pornographic. That, and I bought this alongside a copy of Penthouse. Oh, okay. It was in the same. Well, let's um, let's bit. okay. Let's you see. had to it in copy inside the copy of Penthouse, am I right? Yeah, I wouldn't know you buying this. Well, that, like I, as I've um, I I I, I used to um, um, steal pornography from uh, W. H. Smith. Uh, when I was a young lad, before I had access to the internet, and I used to always hide my pornography in a copy of The Guardian. <laughs> so I, I, the way I see it, go big or go home. Quite frankly, either they're going to come away thinking I'm a really intelligent, well, like 
considered a young man, or a complete sleazy pervert who is too cowardly to purchase porn on his, of his own recognizance. What so, about if you had to steal some porn on a Sunday? On a Sunday? Oh, it had to be Observer, yeah, Observer. In fact, the Observer is probably even better for disguising They're porn. Not like the supplements. If it, yeah, exactly. If it fell out, they just assume it's just another supplement. Like, oh, called, it's a pornographic supplement. Yeah, called Razzle. Yeah. Dirty Murmurs at the Guardian. Yeah. Look, always sending children porn. Yeah, they've got a wonderful yeah. article by so Will Self today <laughs> in this month's Razzle. Um, the, the Observer Porn Monthly. <laughs> Will self abuser, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it, that's what I used to do, and it was um, I always was afraid that the porn would slip out at the uh, vital moment of me handing over money, and would I actually just run away with my porn, or just leave it there on the counter? I, 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 I. Thankfully, that never happened, and now Ooh. we have the internet, and I don't have to worry about that anymore. That's um, a tale from the a bought, tale from the past. She just bought the sun. There should be some sort of feature. Of oh, come on, that's not that's. They never show penetration in the sun. They okay, never, yeah. It's and I can't get off unless I see a bit of penetration. So the book. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Alice, what you're talking about when you talk about it not being pornography, I think we we're trying to uh, make a differentiation between pornography, <clears throat> which is bad, and erotica, which can be artistic. I, I what I personally think is that the book is about it's it's about how you people a lot of people back in the day mm. married and stayed together even though <coughs> excuse me mm -hmm. even though they shouldn't have stayed together okay okay um and the thing that you've got to you've got to keep doing you've got to be you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta keep it interesting. No, you gotta do it. Okay, but by keep, but in order to do in the it, relationship, okay, yeah. Okay. And so what happens in the book is her husband can't do it. Yes, yes, that's he right. Clifford breaks his dick. That's breaks his legs it's and his dick. Owed a geezer a lot of money. He did. <laughs> and um, anyway, yeah. So they can't do it anymore, and then she stops liking him. Because she can't do it. Because yeah, she's not. And then she has she she wants to have a baby, so she goes down to the gatekeeper, and she's like, and he's like, the, the gameskeeper. The gameskeeper. That's it. She, she, he's not. He, yeah, he went to and visit they, Zool. And then and then she finds him very physically attractive, and then they do it. Yes. And, and then they keep doing it because it's nice. Yes. And then she's like, oh god, I've fallen in love with this person. Okay. Okay. So that's why it's not pornography because love. Yeah. And you say that love has no place in pornography because it's just pure animalistic sex. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think like this, the, you can like, I don't like the way that we've separated in our society, in our culture, that like um, pornography is divorced from love. I think you can be, because that seems to me to say that like, if you're in love with somebody, you can't be a filthy animal. Come on, let's face it. Like, what loving relationship doesn't allow you to get a so bit to you, nasty, is, uh, <laughs> dirty? Right? Is two girls, one cup, a piece of art to you, Chinti. I think I'd go. Is there love in that? It's is there love. love? There is it's love. It's love. There's love. They love to eat shit. <laughs> and Lady I'm, Shat, I'm like, it should have been hungry games. <laughs> oh, that is the one thing I will not eat. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about anyone have any 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 food? <laughs> um, I we, gave you my last pork pie. We have some croissants. You're talking pork pies, then. 
<laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> I just need to ask. You oh, have some sort of bourgeois kind of mellow. Well, this guy's from the from the aristoc- aristocracy, right? Yes. yes. But then the gameskeeper. No, Mellis isn't from the Azrax. Yeah, okay. Mellis is the games keeper. But then the Mellis is related to the games master, and he was quite posh. He had a Patrick monocle. Moore. Yeah, he had a pond monocle. Well, they, one, they have different names, and two. They're related, <laughs> aren't they? You don't, you don't call my grandfather grandson, do I? Well, so when you say related, keeper. as in, like, what? They're on a similar kind of point of reference to each other rather than they're actually blood relatives. I, th- I think they're, they're related, aren't they? In, in what? In the sense that, like, they both have master in their titles. Back the games, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One is a games master, one is a games keeper. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, no, I'm sorry. I don't okay. think. I don't think that's how it works. Okay. Like, um, uh, you need to. You, you need to have a think about what being related to something is. Like, well, I'm related to my my wife. Now what? Are you? <laughs> um, is she? What? Yeah. We're married now, so she's my relative. Okay. And my children are, have. Well, they obviously are related to you, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, even though you bought them from Amazon, apparently. You can still, you can still buy children. You can still buy relatives. <laughs> can you? Yeah, are they fine. really related? Why did, you, why did you do this rather than just buying like a, a human wife? Like, if you're going to do something weird. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, have to you be tried, fair, have you tried to, to clean be... a human wife? The amount of water you need. No, you? Sorry, I don't. I'm just, just bang the table there. <laughs> yeah, sit down. Sit sorry, down. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least I am banging something. Wait, hungry, yeah. Jay. <laughs> what, what a lad. What, what a lad with his kids who are dildos. I'm hungry for all sorts. Classic. What, what classic hung- lads bants. What, what, what are you hungry for, Hungry James? <laughs> Today I'm hungry for that cheese that you fry. A fried cheese. Oh, oh paneer or <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> cheddar. Hello, me. Hello, you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you googled. Well, you WhatsApp this joke ages ago. Well, well, that's mission accomplished, everybody. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. That's the end of Faking Up Forever. We've accomplished what we came to do, which was make a joke about Halloween. That joke was like at least half a year. Um. <laughs> okay, like, 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 obviously we still have this sort of like weird sort of uh, uh, attitude towards sex and love in uh, our culture. Uh, the idea that like sex and love seems to be uh, in this conversation being talked about in a, in, as two totally different. No. Things. Whoa. Whoa! Careful, my dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying they're separate. I'm saying that in porn there's no love. Right, right. Love and sex is the, it, they are intertwined. Right. Why don't you fucking listen? Well, okay, but at what point? Sorry for my, pardon my friend. So do you think that love can never become pornographic? They don't make, make love porn, do they? Well, I don't see why not. I'm so thinking that's it, why- So it starts what's with love? What would be love, what would be loving pornography? Uh, two people cooking- You some shit out of a cup. <laughs> is that I'm gonna say, no, I'm gonna say cooking like, some pasta, watching a film on Netflix, That's and the then being like, okay, let's do the washing up and then we can go through. And then they do it. Right, but okay. And then there's kind of. Well, well, and then at the end they go, I love you. <laughs> That's it. That's a loving sex. I'm glad I'm not in a relationship with you. <laughs>
I, I, um, I think like what's often cited as the best love scene in any movie is the scene between Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie in the movie Don't Look Now. And the reason why people say that's a, like a hot love scene is because not only do you see them like um, have sex, but Nicholas Rogue, the director, cuts it between images of them getting dressed after they've had sex. And something about the familiarity and the intimacy between these two people who are obviously getting over the grief of their daughter intercut with them having like hot like sex that's what like makes it like um erotic and Sorry, really hot for people can you tell me what time in the film because I, I think that's um at <laughs> one hour and ten minutes okay, nice, thank you. but i reckon you could probably get it if you just go on like um uh um what should we call it one of the uh the the the, the, the porn sites um on the interwebs like okay like um but see, you, xxx you, but you see, something you, like you that just, you just, that's the argument, right? You, yeah, if that's supposed to be love, then yeah. it is, but it's found in the porn site. But that's, so therefore it's pornographic. Exactly, but I, I'm saying that like pornography does not have to be separated from love. Yeah, I don't. I, I think porn, porn can be romantic if you have, in the right hands, you know? In my right hands. my right hands. <laughs> what you are failing to account for though is that film as a spooky dwarf in it. That's true, and that was pretty hot as well, right? Little, Very spooky. Little dwarf, right, wearing a rain mag that looks like their daughter, like their dead daughter. And I was thinking, like, how old is that dwarf? Because, hmm, you know, right? Never explained. Never, never explained. Like, I, 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 but that's that's what I'm talking about. Intimacy, right? That's the important thing we're talking about. That's what's lacking in some pornography. I don't know, sometimes the anonymous sort of like sh facelessness of, or might get some people off, but ultimately what people are looking for in some of this sort of stuff when you talk about like, romance and love is the intimacy. And so I think to myself that maybe this is like what the lessons of Lady Shatterley's Lover is that we could have made a new kind of pornography based upon intimacy, but we kind of missed our, we missed our shot. We missed our shot. <laughs> and as a result, um, we now have like videos which just show like, you know, it's filmed from the perspective of the uh, vagina and it's just like all the time. Like, How would that work? You know, it's just like a GoPro which has been strapped down there. You would mainly, Aaron's got a GoPro in his um, wife's. If it was filmed from the perspective of the vagina, you would mainly see fires. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> you would see a bigger balls. Oh, yeah, big eye yeah. coming in and out. And out. No, because it, I don't know if you've ever had sex, but... <laughs> I have kids, I have kids. How else can you conceive? I the penis remains in the vagina throughout. It doesn't go in and then out. For the layman out there, right? <laughs> maybe we should break this down even further. Uh... I don't know why you guys have penises in the first place. You should have cut them off to save time when urinating. We've gone over this several, several times. Wait, Wait yeah, so you don't um... have a penis, Harren, but your wife is a fleshlight. Yeah, have you actually followed through on your own like belief system? Yeah, of course, I've new questions this, of course. Uh, also, I, I, is that why you're away all this time? Two you're of, too busy cutting uh, your own uh, thing. Uh, point two percent of people have what's called micro penis, right? But they still have kind of you know, sexually fulfilling lives, don't they? Why? Do they? Because they use other parts of their body. Well, so you're Wait. just fingering a flashlight. <laughs> You still again. This is this is a very sort of constrained view of love. Uh, again, like in in Greek love, right? You have eros, right, and then you have soros, panos, atomos, right? You have you have, you have you have you have He's different, been, um, different responsible kinds of for love. like betting against the but pound. In the, in the like, same way, the <laughs> same way. There's only yeah, you know, vaginal penal sex, or PV sex, whatever it's called. Yeah. Was the soros involved in Pizzagate as well? I can't 
Uh, he's a dirty bugger. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, so anyway, Harem was... Yeah, <laughs> that's, only, that's only one form of sexuality. You can put your elbow in there, there's other orifices, you have but, your but, but your wife, does she have... Does she get stimulated by that? Or is she just a fleshlight? She just... <laughs> Careful of the dick. Sorry, 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 yeah. I mean... Yeah, she is stimulated by that, of course. Otherwise she would have you know, divorced from me, like um, Lady Chatterley, essentially, yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think, like, it sounds like you are unable to fulfill your uh, uh, husbandly duties, quite frankly, to me, as an outsider. No offence. Seems like you're a failure as a man. Um, Seems like quite a lot of offence there. <laughs> I'm just being, I'm just being as polite as possible. You're just being you, ironic, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Surely, I love her and she loves me. That's the main. No. Thing. It doesn't matter whether we. Has this screw book or not. not taught you anything? Mm, mm. Sex is key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But see, I, I would think that D. H. Lawrence is, is mocking this kind of purely. So you think D. H. Lawrence is being ironic? Yeah, he's basically being disabled. He's basically saying, "Oh, oh, he's disabled. I'm, I'm not gonna fuck him anymore." That's essentially what she's saying. That's not. No, that's not what happens. That's not exactly what happens. He's not. He's not. No, no, no. He's not able to have sex. It's not that. It's not as if like Lady Shatley herself said, "Like, well, you can't use your legs. Uh, disgusting. I'm gonna have sex with somebody else." It's like she would. But he can't, and it's kind of like um, what's um, that film? Uh, uh, Lars von Trier and Emily Mortimer, uh, Breaking the Waves. That's a good film, man. That's a very good film. Tragic, tragic, and a much more extreme version. Goes out to the oil cruiser or whatever. Exactly, it is. but it's a, it deals with another husband who's unable to uh, fulfill his but, husbandly duties. But again, again, like yeah, he's only powerized from the waist down, and I've been told that the most sexual organ is between the ears, right? So why couldn't, what, the she, nose? why couldn't she have just rubbed her vagina on his nose and got pleasure that way? He could have fisted her. Yeah. And then, yeah, he could have put a condom on his nose and, he'd, and then he go, oh, what do you call me? Oh, fuck nose. These, these kind of cheesy jokes could, yeah, add to the kind of yeah. sexual frisson of the... And then, yeah, of if the, he would have sneezed, yeah. it would have been fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have been no issues there. Exactly. <laughs> well, your sneeze is like one eighth of an orgasm, yeah. isn't it, or something yeah. like that? So could have given her a load of pepper. Lots of. Um... He could have done that thing on her knee, like with her. Yeah, he could have. When that you to get her, your yeah. hand and you spread it it's over a the knee, love. and try to ex- yeah. don't call me love. <laughs> How dare you? Call her sexer instead of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Well, look. See, look, there's there's always another way, right? There's always various ways to get the job done, um, and I I definitely get the sense that Clifford has a uh, a, a very well slightly askew version of intimacy and sex because he develops feelings for his nurse, and the relationship between he and his nurse almost has a sort of like Oedipal com- um, connotation to it. You say edible. <laughs> Edip- edible. Uh, you say edible. <laughs> edible. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Hungry James, you know, you, uh, this seems, sounds like your, uh, your area of expertise, but no, I'm talking Oedipal as in Oedipus. Oh, yes. okay. That's uh, a good name for a cat, that is. Is it? Oedipus. Oedipus cat. <laughs> Oedipusy. Okay, all right. That's what you want to do, am I right? <laughs> Again, uh, no penetration. Either pussy there. is. <laughs> either pussy way, was the worst James Bond. He <laughs> just seduced his mum in that one. That was terrible. Um, but yeah, no. This, I think Clifford is. <laughs> did, he, did he Roger her more? 
Have some respect. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. I, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but like obviously we're recording it um, post the sad passing of Roger Moore. Possibly my favourite Bond, actually. So the book <laughs> yes, is Clifford. Okay. Clifford. Same Clifford as the big red dog. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, yeah. Max Clifford. He Max was like, Clifford, no, no Clifford the big red dog. He was like a huge dog in a wheelchair, who was unable to fulfill his husbandly duties. That's why he was in the doghouse. <laughs> it was a big old house. It was. It was huge. Well, he lives in a mansion, doesn't he? <laughs> Um, okay, all right. So I don't feel we're getting any closer to like this <laughs> idea of like whether pornography and love are in, uh, totally separate entities. Um, but okay, let's talk about the class system in, in Lady Chatterley's Lover. Class is as much an important part of this book as it, uh, as the uh, sex parts. Uh, and when I say sex parts, I'm not talking about the genitals. I'm actually talking about the parts of the book which feature sex. But. Uh, what I'm talking about is the relationship between Mellors the Gameskeeper and uh, Connie Chatterley, uh, a lady of high status and breeding and her bit of rough. And what, what do you think D.H. Lawrence, uh, Lawrence is an interesting case, because D.H. Lawrence was the son of a uh, barely literate minor and purely, like, a great example of a working class boy done well. He was, of, uh, and he's got a lot of, um, uh, a, conf a conflict within him and the way that he portrays the lower classes and the upper classes and how he feels caught between the two. Now what do you think that like D.H. Lawrence writing this book in the 20s is trying to say about the caste system in Britain? Thinking about it post-World War One as well. He's certainly saying that people thought and think that people who are working class mm are lesser yes and actually they are everyone's the same it's just your circumstances but they're better in bed <laughs> exactly yeah they like they they might be really stupid but they can fuck it's not necessarily what the book is saying i think um, he's the son of a minor right and i yes. think if you've learned anything from all these podcasts is that you shouldn't fuck minors <laughs> um so, so, so I'm against the kind of miscegenation between different classes. I, I think humans should be allowed to have sex with robots, but somebody from the bourgeoisie shouldn't have sex with the proletariat. Mm, can't help but feel you're kind of biased in this point of view, Haran. But um, okay, point taken. Yeah. Um, this is the ultimate form of social mobility, though, isn't it? Mm. Like, well, uh, banging someone who's yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. It's an interesting That's way of framing it. <laughs> It's an interesting way of framing it, I think, because I think D.H. Lawrence's main point is not that the what is obscene is the the sex that's going on. His point is yeah. that what's obscene is the cross-class barrier that's being smashed. Yes, yes. So uh, in this case, like the act, like sex becomes like a, the ultimate form of rebellion in a way. His point, I suppose, is it's not the what. I mean, obviously, the book was obscene at the time. Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, um, he had to publish this book privately, much in the same way that um, uh, Vladimir Nabokov's um, Lolita was published uh, through a vanity uh, imprint, mm. because like no mainstream respectable publisher would touch it with a ten-foot pole. Um, but what is most obscene to him is the uh, interclass relationship, not mm. the sex. Not the sex. That's the true obscenity in it. 
this it really is, yeah. goes against values. Well, don't you see that? Um, don't you think that this is an, an idea that has uh, percolated through popular culture across the years? How many times have you seen in film, in other books, music? Uh, I, when I read this book, I thought to myself, well, this is basically the story of Billy Joel's Uptown Girl, isn't it? Like he's like it's a he's guy living in uptown world. Yeah, exactly, she's living in uptown world, and like she. Like Tottenham. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 this is there's something about it. There's something hot about different classes getting it on. It's because sex is animalistic. Mm, right. And well, I don't know. Like, I don't know where you're going with this. You're saying like the lower classes are like animals. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm okay, saying. Okay. Okay. Oh, why would I say that? Because you are part of the working class. Well, right? I mean, in in, in name alone. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously, you like. I'm not being rude here, Hungry Joe, but you do sound Hungry like Joe. Hungry Joe. <laughs> Hungry oh, James. There's another, <laughs> another guy. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Hungry Joe. He has a band, I think. Um, Hungry James. You like not being rude, but you do sound like the least educated person here at this table. Oh, very today. highly educated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, went to eat you. Did you? Okay. <laughs> Where wow. Chin. <laughs> I guess that shows me. That shows me. I, I, I assume because of your uh, brusque, uncouth manner um, that you were uneducated. But like, uh, I feel like an asshole now. So you went. Uh, so you, you've been to Eton. Yeah, you're still hungry. Have you had the food at Eton? It's terrible. Okay. Mainly maggots. Or isn't it soggy biscuit and? Yeah, exactly. That's what you get for dinner. Yeah. I, when I heard the term eaten mess, I did think it was a sex act. And it turns out it was a perfectly acceptable like <laughs> dessert you could order at a restaurant and nobody would look at you and think, like, ugh, disgusting. Uh, I have to put on this stupid voice because the police are after me for a jewel thief I did. You, you did a jewel thief? I did a jewel thief. Is <laughs> <laughs> it against the law? Who was the jewel thief? What was their name? Uh, it was Julie, Julie Steve. <laughs> Wow, talk about nominative <laughs> determinism. Uh, okay. That's what we give us, how we call everyone. But in, in my, my crew, you'd be uh, podcast chin. <laughs> well, that's probably better than like um, going for a, a different nickname for my, for my race, I guess. But uh, I take that. Podcast chin is fine. Um, I'm good with that. So what, you just name people after the thing that they do? It's whatever they're doing when they're seen. <laughs> whatever you first see them, that's what they're doing. So like, um, you've got friends like Human Bob. Most people are called Opening Door. <laughs> opening Door Harry. Oh, walking. Always Opening Door, Opening Door Harry. Walking Dave. <laughs> yeah. Breathing Bob. Um, it's yeah. ironic. Yeah, no, I... I... <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, when you were talking about class kind of thing, I... I, 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 I yeah, I think these differences in class don't make for good relationships. Um, for instance, my wife, right, um, I like to watch Kurosawa films, so she just likes to watch QVC. Um, I like to read books such as Old Man and the Sea, whereas she likes to read Old Man and the Sea forward slash C plus plus dot bass. And yeah, you know, we just can't get along. There's just so many. Um, <laughs> Wait, you say you and your wife are not getting along? Not really, no. Trouble in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that this relationship between a man and his fleshlight would come, would never work out? I. I feel saddened by that because like, you seem to be po pointing the way to an optimistic future. I really hope it does work out between you two. Oh, thank you. Um, are you being ironic? Or no, no, no. Um, I'm being absolutely uh, serious. Uh, but like, look, we um, faking it has always been a podcast where people have tried to mend their marriages um, by talking about books. Uh, I've yet to see it work so far. But like, well, I hope it. I hope you manage to keep it together. 
Thanks. I'll be praying for you. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, I'm gonna. Um, I want to talk to you about, like, I guess the um, the pros of a uh, of Lady Chatterley's lover. Obviously, we've been talking about like class and pornography, oh. but is this this is like is this a hot book? Is this actually a hot book? Does it get the motor running? I want to read to you uh, one of my favorite passages uh, from from this book. Um, and this time, the sharp ecstasy of her own passion did not overcome her. She lay with hands inert on his striving body, and do what she might, her spirit seemed to look on top, from the top of her head, and the butting of his haunches seemed ridiculous to her, and the sort of anxiety of his penis to come to its little evacuating crisis seemed farcical. Yes, this was love, this ridiculous bouncing of the buttocks and the wilting of the poor insignificant moist little penis. I mean, when I'm banging my boyfriend, mm -hmm. that's exactly what I think. Exactly. Apart from the love bit. Um, and the poor, insignificant, moist little penis. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that doesn't even come into it. Okay, all right. I'm <laughs> James. What do you think? What do you think, Hank? I have no comments. Okay. Oh, I, I, well, was this, I mean, this got me all hot and bothered when I read. Really? This. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, bit. Yeah. That bit. Speaking as a, a man, as a as a, uh, a well, as a mostly heterosexual man, um, I I just thought, like, whew, incredible, incredible, just steamy, steamy stuff there. Because I get turned on by disappointment. Um, that's my thing. Uh, have you tried with my wife? Because nothing's good enough for her. I didn't realise you were married as well. A lot of married of people I am. in this. So uh, sexy Janet. <laughs> Ironic. No, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I, again, um, always fills me with like um, joy to know that people were getting married and having a happy foundation. I wish you nothing but the best. I'll be married for 65 years. What? How old are you, Hungry James? I'm 82. You do not look it at all, I must say. Uh, so what, you got married when you were 17? Yeah. In my day, that was really normal. How old was she? She was uh, 18. Oh, oh older uh, lady. Uh, well, one year older, that's not exactly that much of a thing. In those days, it was. It's true, life expectancy was so short. You've remember that women years are five times longer than man years. It's true. Back when you were a child, like human years were almost akin to cat years as they are exactly. today. Right. Is that why they always take so long to get ready to go out? Exactly. Mm. Actually, that doesn't work. The reverse would be true. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't really think through that. <laughs> that sexist comment. Uh, um, I I want to I want to um, hit you some other stuff because that was like the initial sort of like a uh, encounter between De uh, between Lady Chatterley and Mellors and it's like the first time it happens sex is like comedy farcical farcical but the second time then the other times it's a bit more uh, a bit more involved uh, his body was urgent against her and she didn't have the heart anymore to fight she saw his eyes tense and brilliant fierce not loving but her will had left her. A strange weight was on her limbs. She was giving way. She was giving up. She had to lie down there under the boughs of the tree like an animal while he waited, standing there in his shirt and breeches, watching her with haunted eyes. He too had bared the front part of his body and she felt his naked flesh against her as he came into her. For a moment he was still inside her, turgid there and quivering. Then, as he began to move in the sudden, helpless orgasm, there awoke in her new strange thrills rippling inside her, rippling, 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 like a flapping overlapping of soft flames, soft as feathers, running to points of brilliance, exquisite, and melting her all molten inside. It was like bells rippling up and 
up to a culmination. That's intense. That's an intense evocation of, and that's how you write good sex, I guess, in, in a book. I, I don't know if you're aware of the Bad Sex Awards. They have an mm -hmm. annual award of the literary world. Previous uh, winners uh, have included uh, luminaries such as... Um, Morrissey. Morrissey won, yeah, one time, yeah, yeah. That Particularly was bad. Pretty awful, yeah, I read that passage. Big fan of Morrissey, right? Yeah. But what, do we, what are the lessons, then? What would the lessons would you impart to a writer who wants to write good sex scenes in books and what we can learn from D.H. Lawrence's example. I think you just got to mention how the dick goes inside the vagina. <sighs> Not like in the eye or like in the ear. No, you just have to make sure you mention it. Okay, all right. That's that's You that can say something like he went into her or he was inside of her. Right. But I think it's always better if you say he put his penis inside her vagina. That's pretty hot. Mm. I also think you need to use kind of cellular terms that they like biology terms. They use turgid there, flaccid, yes, yeah. yes. Osmosis, yeah. Adenosine triphosphate, these are all good words to use, I think. Yeah. That that is a good word. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Hungry James, what do you think? Um, in my novels I always describe using pictures. <laughs> what, you just That's how you write a good sex scene. So you just took a photo of your dick going into a vagina and Not my dick, that'd be ridiculous. Okay. He's an 82-year-old man. <laughs> he doesn't I'm look not, it. Though. I'm not always he does been not. Yeah, but he doesn't look it. I must say that, hungry James, you look incredibly yeah. well preserved for an 82-year-old. It's because I eat so well. What is your diet? What is the hungry James diet? Uh, grains, mainly grains. What grains? Grains. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's that was a disappointing answer. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping for a bit more, but like grains. Okay, you heard it here first, faking like listeners. Do you want to live to the age of 82 and look like, well, like an, well, a vaguely emaciated Adonis, but like Adonis nonetheless, follow hungry, the Hungry James diet. Um, I don't know, maybe, have you thought about writing a book about your like guide to life? Maybe, I'll think about it. I don't, when you get to my age, you don't tend to think about writing new books. Why? Why is that? I've got business rivals to deal with. I'm a very busy man. Business? Business rivals. Who? You? My, my book business. You're still working at the age of 82. I've got, someone's got to do the work that I do. <laughs> well, I, mean, I thought we would have retired. We shouldn't you be enjoying your retirement these days. When you get to the age that I do, yeah. you can't enjoy your retirement. <laughs> because <laughs> Because there's too many business rivals. <laughs> and I say, Harold, you've got to feed them to the pigs. I feed them all to the pigs, but I've only got guinea pigs, so it takes a long fucking time. <laughs> Wait a second, are you murdering business rivals and feeding them to your pigs? So my guinea pigs, yeah. But don't tell anyone I said that. Well, you never saw me. <laughs> Hungry James, this is going out on a podcast that's going to be shared with the said. world. Yeah, so no, nobody will see him. <laughs> is Hungry James your real name? Oh, it's a pseudonym. Are you related <laughs> to Hungry Hippo? Uh, no, that's a board game. I'm surprised <laughs> your name is Hungry James and not Legitimate Businessman James, um, from the sounds of like your... that would not be an ironic title. Because <laughs> well, I am not a legitimate businessman. Oh, okay. There is nothing legitimate. So you're just like dropping the whole facade of business rivals and the uh, couching in those terms and saying, like, nah, I'm a murderer and a criminal. Just because I'm not a legitimate businessman does not mean that I am not a businessman. That's fair enough. It's just, uh... You're just really like not keeping a low profile anymore about your like extracurricular underworld activities, I guess. Uh, I have to, I have to say like uh, it's, I'm glad that you took time out of your busy schedule of like p 
pig feeding um, to be on this show today. Takes a very long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because exactly. mainly guinea pigs are only interested in eating their young. Exactly. So to feed business rivals to them, you've got to dress them up as little, <laughs> little guinea pigs. It seems <laughs> like a lot of effort. I mean, it seems like a lot of effort to go to just to dispose of business rivals. Have you ever thought of just buying out your business rivals? Wouldn't that be a bit more simpler? I assume you're a well-off businessman and you've got money. And you've done well for yourself. It comes more about the chase after a while, doesn't it? When you've got the money, it doesn't matter about the money. It matters more about the chase of it. And feeding them to your guinea pigs. Feeding the guinea pigs are hungry. They're as hungry as I am. And that is very hungry. I'm hungry for success, mainly. <laughs> okay. That's, that's take, t your, your, your name is taken on a different sort of like connotation as well. A different form of irony as well, I guess. Um, I, I, I think... thought of that. <laughs> I, no, it's, it's strange because your whole persona seems so well thought through <laughs> to, to begin with. Um, I think I think we've 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 reached a, a point in the book where uh, we've discussed like uh, the generalities of Lady Chatterley's lover. Um, I, I I want to know what people's thoughts were on this book. This is often often held up as a brilliant book, a classic, um, and also an important book because it changed and challenged our. Uh, what the, the standards of what was considered acceptable in literature. Now, do you think this was like, and obviously there was that famous Lady Chatterley's trial, right, which allowed us to completely replace and reconfigure like the, uh, the way we write about and think about sex in the genre of literature. So, do you think this is totally deserving? Do you think this is a book that is completely deserving of its status as a classic? Or do you think it just had to be the right book at the right time? I think it should still be banned, personally. Mm. Oh, okay. I think they should have never unbanned it. Oh, interesting. It is filth. It is pure grade filth. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't feed it to my pigs. Okay. <laughs> they probably wouldn't eat it. They probably wouldn't use it as a nest. Oh, they'd eat anything, so I'll try and Okay, okay, all right. That's interesting, though. It seems to me, though, as an 80-year-old, though, you would probably say that because you were a bit, well, you know, stuck in your ways, maybe. Mm. And, like, this is like a, a book that's a bit full on, even though it's. I'm fine with full on. One of our businesses is a successful business. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's quite hard to say businesses. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, no, a okay. succession in this voice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, one of our businesses is a successful uh, pornographic business. Really? I don't need the competition. Okay. So you think it's disgusting, but like obviously you pedal in filth. So like. Oh, I do more than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I waddle in it. I, I, I think I think um you're being a tad harsh in it because this is like um it's high brow high brow filth. Yes, I agree with you. It's filth. Wait, you, how do you filth. know that Hungry James porn isn't high brow filth? <laughs> do, again, I am basing complete on his uncouth manner and his uneducated. I think I'm very couth. I don't know. I don't <laughs> As know. I said, I am very highly educated. I, so this you said. This is all a clever facade. So you said. So you said. I don't know. And, and obviously, you're a, you're an old gentleman. Do you know make some interesting points about class in this book what? earlier? What? Yeah, yeah, you did. You did because you challenged my preconceptions. That's true. And I, I looked like a, a classist asshole. I, <laughs> I I accept that. I agree with you. I, I, I agree that I have been a little bit hard on our friend Hungry James, and I may have to ask myself some very searching questions about how I regard the lower classes. Should I even call them the lower classes? That seems a bit unfair in itself. No, you just call them bruv. I think that's what they call them. Fam, fam. Oh, that seems patronising. That's no, what they say now. The youngsters coming up. Really? In my day, we've just called each other ironic nicknames. <laughs> 
Okay. That, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like, that, that. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Bruv and fam. I mean, I mean, my uh, hematologist, right? I call him Blood. He's he's a very educated man. <laughs> Again, seems like a little leaps to me. Bloody bloody Steve. Bloody Steve. Yeah. I mean, that's how he's known to you guys. Yeah, Why do you guys have the same hematologist? Are you okay? I've got a lot of blood problems. I got a lot of problems with blood. I love the fact that you're on first. You're on first term, first name terms basis with your hematologist. Like, like, yeah, I'm a good friend, bloody Steve. Oh, he's a very good customer. Customer. <laughs> so he's coming to you for services, not the other way around. Why well, he needs to get the blood from somewhere? Anyway. Um, he just ring off my hands. Are you just? Going to the hospital and calling him a customer when actually he's doing you a service. That's not what I'm doing at all, Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we, the, the, we, 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 the other comment I was going to make is that, yeah, no, I think this is, um, you were saying, was this, this, was this book just for his time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I the right time, right, yeah, just right place at the right, right time. time. Because in those days, you couldn't say, you know, penis or vagina. You had to say wee wee tube or. Fishy box. Oh, you couldn't say cunt. Um, you couldn't say cunt. Yeah, you can. You can say cunt. Yeah, you can't I mean, say cunt you in Canada. You shouldn't say it now. Yeah, you couldn't say wee man. Like, no, exactly. Yeah. So, what is up with that? Guy? What is up with wee man? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, like, you probably. Like, I don't know what if you like Hungry James. I'm, I know that you you might have like a uh, be also intrigued in the mystery of what's happened to wee man, but um, I haven't seen that guy in up to twelve years. Yeah, and it's not just because he's very small. It's because like he. You know who gave him that name? Who me? I was like, that is a wee man. <laughs> uh, but I can't remember if he's the same one yeah. who did the Rat Battles in Edinburgh. I actually, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he was actually saying like, okay, so wee man, the uh, Edinburgh DJ MC guy, the Rat Battles, yeah. and wee man from Jackass, are they the same person? And also, were they responsible for the Nintendo Wii? Uh, you know, like, and he said, "Like that's another right. mystery." And it's like this thing just keeps getting Are bigger they, and is, bigger. Is, it, is he responsible for the stuff that comes out of my front bum when I go to the toilet? No, that is you. No, that's the wee fairy. No, that's, that's bacterial <laughs> vaginosis. Yeah. That's, that's when I piss so under my know. pillow and leave it for the wee fairy <laughs> to give me. What about the, the Ouija board? Is that? <laughs> what about Luigi? <laughs> Again. These are all good questions, guys. You know what? You know the address. <laughs> Fakinglipodcast at gmail.com um, searching for Wee Man. Um, we are looking to see if he comes back to us to the poll. Yeah, but I, I think back to the original point, people got offended much more easily back then. For mm. instance, Alice's face was also subject to obscenity trial. Seems a bit. I, Alice, would really you care to respond to that? Is that an insult or is it not an insult? I think it's a compliment. Because <laughs> my face is so sexy. I yeah. that's what you were saying. Yeah, because it made like, the use of the word cunt <laughs> in literature. I don't know. Because men would look at my face and get raging erections. The, the, the face that launched a thousand erections. <laughs> I've got an actress who works in one of my films. She works in mainly scat films and we call her the face that launched a thousand shits. <laughs> um, guys, I... This has been a lovely conversation. I hate to draw it to a close, but we are reaching that point where I feel that I would like to get a canvas and opinion upon this book. Uh, would you say yay or nay to Lady Chatterley's Lover? I would say nay. As I said, I think it should be banned. Filth, because it's hoarding in absolute territory. Filth. And you think it's just like competition? Competition, it's filth. I don't need any competition in the filth market. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I understand that. Uh, nay. Lady Chatterley's Lover, Lady Chitterley's Liver. 
<laughs> okay, right. Bit harsh. Come on. Um, but you're not going to explain your your reasonings, and I just yeah. yeah. You just thought the words sounded good. You're leaving your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Alice. I thought it was good. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. It's not going to be a book I'm going to think about again. I personally think it could have been sexier. Right, right. If we're talking porn. Right, 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 right. If we're talking relationships. Porn maybe or too erotica, sexy. Erotica, maybe. Where was the Netflix? That's what I want to know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Where was the Netflix? Where was the cooking dinner? Like, yeah. Uh, where was the Where were the candles? Where with, with, with and where wife, were the DVDs? With my wife, you can strap an iPad to her face, and then you can watch Netflix at the same time. It's making them up. Why would you watch Netflix? Why wouldn't you watch porn or something? Because you're, you're having actual sex there. Why would you watch? That's like watching somebody watching a cookery program while eating. Why would you do that? I do that. I do that a lot, actually. <laughs> right? I have to say, yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. You should try it. So it looks like you're the freak. We've <laughs> um, got a split decision here because I love this book. I love this book is a it, lot. Is it because it was... Because it was hot and steamy um, and beautifully written and it, it changed the world. Like we could suddenly use words like fuck and cunt in books and it was like, yes, that's that's it. That's what life is. It's messy. It's nasty. It's dirty. And then we're going to get into that <laughs> filth. Get, let me see that filth. But yeah, big thumbs up from me. And something else up as well. <laughs> but how would we have improved this book? Um, what notes would we get to D.H. Lawrence if he was still alive and not decomposing? It's a section of the show I like to call notes. Time for the notes, it's time for the notes. Everybody in, it's time for the notes. Can't just rhyme notes with notes, that's fucking ridiculous. That's the reason why I don't. You rap. are not getting to my rap battling school. Yeah. Did I miss this? I can't wait to hear what B Man <laughs> has to say about this one. Um, guys, how would we have improved Lady Chatterley's Lover? Personally, I would have made it that all the sex happened behind closed doors. Oh, so what? You wouldn't have seen it or heard about it or read about no, it? No, just put it behind closed doors. They're doing a lot of it out in the open, and I don't think that is right. That's true. There's they a should have been doing it in rooms. Like you're rooms a, were made for this sort of thing. That's why we have the phrase, get a room, guys. Exactly. None of them ever got a room. Yeah, yeah, Doing okay. stables and whatnot. Stables, under a tree. And they've only got those afterwards. Yeah, in front of her disabled husband. Awful. Yeah, really, really harsh, that scene. Um, okay, so you want it to be a bit more like everything in its proper place, propriety. That's very English of you, by the way, Hungry James. I'm a very English man. You are. You I'm proud to, like to be English. It. You sound a lot like my good friend Dan Offen, actually. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever met him, but... Um, don't know that. I, I like his contributions to this podcast. Oh, um, it's good to always have a fan of the show, on the show. I it's, heard um, Romish Rag and Nathan's a big fan of his. <laughs> we wanted to get Romish down here. Um, misconnection, though. <laughs> misconnection. I don't know how he would have reacted to it if we just invited him out of the blue. And I don't know where he lives. No, I think it's Brighton, perhaps. Yeah, a bit of an ask. A bit of an ask for an established comedian. He's on the break, though, now, so who knows what he's doing with his spare time, right? Uh, going, um, to, going to comedy nights <laughs> with Dan. Apparently. Our good friend, friend of the show, <laughs> Dan Offen. Um, Aaron, what did you think? How would you, would it, how would you have improved this book? 
Um, I would have diversified it up a bit. I think it was a bit samey, all penetrative oh. sex. I would have had a bit of felching, um, bukkake. I would have Ooh. had several men line up and come on um, Lady Chatley's face in, in some sort of order, order. Um, order, order, like, huh? like the Houses of Parliament. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's how, Famously class, that's how English Bukkake happens. Yeah. Order, order, <laughs> and everybody just comes on a woman's face. Well, I mean, British people love queuing, I think that's, it would go quite well here. Yes, um, some sort of interracial as well, that would be quite yes. good. I mean, there was a black character, but then the way he described it was like, oh, she had lots of white globular stuff on her face. I, I didn't know what colour she was really, but um, um, yeah. Diversify it up a bit. Hamsters, fat people, robots, plants, <laughs> pens, <laughs> microphones. DVDs up the answer, are we? I think we should. Laser discs. Laser discs, something else, yeah. Like, I think like back in yeah, the day, yeah. I, I, what you've, what you've um, vocalised there is uh, an idea that, like, uh, between the 20s when D.H. Lawrence wrote this book and the, well, the the, ten, the teens of the 21st century, we've gotten a, li we've gotten a lot more freaky since then, haven't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. Way uh, more freaky. I mean, people used to, in the 50s, people used to put vinyl up their ass and um, yeah, that's where... I think it was actually wax cylinders, but... Um, uh, yeah, it was vinyl, I think, and then, um, yeah, they said, oh, yeah. That's where scratching my ass comes from, like to scratch the vinyl. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's this guy called DJ Cubert, and he actually has really bad hemorrhoids because he's always scratching his ass. Uh, that's why. Yeah, that's he scratches everything though. Exactly. He <laughs> scratches everything. He was just—he was a DJ, but he like he started off by having eczema, and that's yeah. how he got into like being turntablism. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. His, his he just loves scratching. Yeah. scratching. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. That was um. Interesting, um, and it revealed a lot about, um, I guess, I, the pre uh, predilections of like people in the bedroom on this podcast. I guess, um, Alice, what would you have thought um, to improve this book? Um, more conversations. What more talking? Yeah. Because everything be before that is foreplay, as they say. Yeah, it's all sort of... Actually, more foreplay from that. It's all very physical, there's less chat. Mm, 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 mm. It's straight to it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it'd be good if there was just a bit of kind of... More realistic as well, you know, silly things happening. People accidentally getting hurt. What, like I'm stepping on the banana skin? Oh, you're on my hair! Oh, you've got my elbow! You know. What, like, you, you're in my hair? It's <laughs> just like, ah. Oh. No! What is this, there's something about Mary or something? Like, <laughs> like, um, yeah, maybe if the book had been a bit more, there's something about Mary. Yeah, yeah a bit funnier. And it ended with them all singing Build Me Up Buttercup. And, and you know what else? What? Could have been a bit shorter. Oh, that classic complaint. I mean, this book is about, what, 250 pages long? It's no more that long. If you can't read a 200 A bit like something else, am I right? <laughs> well, guys, we have reached the end of another episode. Um, thank you very much for coming down and sharing your thoughts on Lady Chatterley's Lover. This was very enjoyable. Um, but does anybody, anybody have anything to plug before we go? Um, I just want to say thank you to Liam Crosby Dingo Face. Is that his name? <laughs> no, that's, um, yes, it's Liam Crosby. It's Liam yeah, Crosby. Um, thank you for sharing this. Liam is a work. Liam yeah. is a good friend of mine, and yes, Liam has done a lot to promote the ep the uh, this really really ridiculous show. Let's face it, um, 
uh, he's done a lot to share it and get it out there. And Liam, um, if you will be listening to this, uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, Shall we give him a round of applause? Yeah, let's do that. That's all he deserves. Yes, sir. <laughs> Guys, um, I've got nothing to plug. Nothing to plug, nobody else. Um, again, um, we are Faking Lit. You can email us at fakinglitpodcast at gmail.com. You can like us and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud and Intune and Stitcher. Write us a review on iTunes because that gets our profile out there and we'll give you a big sloppy kiss in the mouth if we ever run into you. What gigs uh, have I got coming up? I mean, what, I, I work as Dan Office's agent. <laughs> 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 Check what gigs he's got coming up. Dan Offen's got, uh, he's got Angel next week. Oh, okay, Angel, Angel, yeah, good gig. This is coming out gig. in two weeks. Oh, uh, uh, Angel last week. <laughs> Angel is an happiness principle. His diary's a bit empty. <laughs> Couple in July, nothing major. He'll pick something up, I imagine. Um, I think that I will be back. Yeah, no, so um, if you want to come see me, Shinsi, the architect of this ridiculous podcast, talking jokes about stuff uh, with a camera on his head, I'll be doing Touching Cloth on the 7th of June. Um, why not come and see me if you happen to be in the area? That's at Liverpool Street at the Water Poet. Uh, I might be trying out some new material, or maybe not, because the guy who runs gig is insistent that I do a tight five. So. <laughs> Punchy five, yeah. Punchy five, so. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for coming down today. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, join us again next week. We'll be talking about another classic titan of literature, probably. Until then, goodbye! Goodbye! Bye. Bye.